according to plan. Oh yeah, welcome to Super Duper Stitious. I'm playing the theme again. Keeps <laughs> happening. Whoopsies. The paranormal podcast with a sciency perspective tries to, you know, stay, I guess, optimistically uh, skeptical. Yeah, <laughs> optimistically skeptical. <laughs> we one day we'll disprove this. No, <laughs> no I'm playing. No. We uh, yeah, we, we like yeah, uh, we like to kind keep of an like open mind. Examine what um could potentially explain various paranormal and supernatural phenomena, but we'd like for it all to be true. Why yeah, not? Yeah, it's more fun that way, right? Yeah, I'm Jake. I'm Wyatt, and uh, we're back again. This week we're taking another ride on the wild side with the ets i do believe yes it's about time we talked more about good old aliens aliens um space aliens that's right and i don't believe either of us has any updates to speak of just yet no i looked for some phantom of the chicago updates there was a photo it's bullshit so <laughs> we'll talk about it later so there's that yeah. um it's just a couple actually i think there's two maybe or i can't remember if it's two different photos or one photo then there's one video that they're going to release okay. so when that happens we'll talk about it Ooh, i can't wait and um i guess my Spring Hill Jack updates are going to have to wait until I just put those into an episode coming up because they are going to be sort of longer accounts. All right. So well, we'll never tire of old Jack. Indeed. He's always back. And I guess without further ado, I'll jump right in. Go for it. So. Go I for have, it, Wyatt. <laughs> fine. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Well, thanks for stopping by, guys. Talk to you next week. Yeah. Um. So came across this while we were doing research for our first ever super duperstitious special report back in the winter times episodes um, 13 and 14 our first foray into extraterrestrial coolness if you exactly. want to check that out please do um and uh, in my opinion this one that i have today is another one of the more exceptional extraterrestrial encounter accounts in modern history at least cool but one that is perhaps also less well known outside of ufology or ufology circles. Ufology, I think. Ufology. <laughs> so this is the story of the Voronezh UFO incident, hmm. a.k.a. the Russian Roswell. Ooh. While I read the account, bear in mind that well over 40 witnesses collectively corroborate the various otherwise truly incredible details. Thick. And uh, yeah, for me, this is another case to be filed under the... Either an amazing group hoax slash lie, or just possibly something very weird. So, hmm. we can now travel through time and space to 1989 in Russia, uh, just 10 years before The Matrix would be released in theaters to redefine with its sleek, leather-clad hands both the action <laughs> and science fiction genres through a series of cool jumps and kicks. What month are we talking here? This is September... Ooh, so we're mere weeks away from the beginning of yours truly. <laughs> yes. You were a big old bun in the oven at this point, <laughs> yes. I imagine. Um, September 27th. Loaf in the oven at this point. Yes. Uh, so this would have all gone down. Perhaps you were part of this story somehow. <laughs> um, so we are in the city of Voronezh, an industrial hub located about 300 miles from Moscow. It has a population of a million people or so. So, pretty respectable size, mm. but still relatively isolated. For some weeks prior to the day in question, people were reporting strange lights in the sky, weird things going on, but no one for sure was like, oh my god, it's aliens. Mm -hmm. um, so, around 6.30 p.m., though, on the 27th, 
a glowing deep red ovoid object estimated to be approximately 45 feet wide and 18 feet high. So that's about 14 meters by five and a half meters okay. for all y'all in the rest of the world and just America. <laughs> was seen circling above an area known as Levo Berezny's Park. I'm probably butchering that, but <laughs> witnesses describe the object as seeming like a kind of vehicle. It winds up hovering less than 12 meters above the ground, so about 40 feet off the ground. Okay. And people would later report being able to see the grass below it being, like, blown about. Oh, wow. And then it simply flies away. Hmm. The end. Just kidding. Okay. But, um, I, mean, probably, that's, I mean, it's a pretty... That's still a very amazing pretty encounter. Pretty astounding encounter. And, and in a public park, too. So yeah. a lot of people were like, what the fuck is going on? So... Witnesses all around the park spend the next few minutes sort of checking their sanity against one another and already sort of building up a story that they've seen together. Yeah. They're all in agreement. And then, amazingly, the craft returns all of a sudden. Oh, shit. This time, it hovers by a group of grade school children who had just been playing what basically just Americans call soccer. Football. Not only the kids, but 35 to 40 adults from a nearby bus stop all witness the craft approach and hover ominously in the air oh my and then as they say things became even weirder <laughs> according to multiple eyewitnesses a hatch on the underside of the still hovering craft opened to reveal an odd long-armed necklace thick-set nine foot aka 2.7 meter tall entity with a small knob-like head wow so kind of think like a stretched out juggernaut from the original X-Men series cartoon. Okay. <laughs> so the creature was clad in a silver jumpsuit with bronze boots and was so large it appeared to fill the entire hatch opening, which also kind of makes me think of, um, what's that cartoon character? The big, like, mean, pink, furry monster that would, like, beat Bugs Bunny up and chase Gossamer. him around. Gossamer? Yeah, we talked about that in the last, actually, Coincidentally, no the last shit. time we talked about Russia. That's hilarious. The, yeah, when you were talking about the Montauk. Um, the, yes, that's yeah, right. That's project. right. We're talking about Gossamer. Indeed, Gossamer. And he was. Uh, what he a was, name. He was orange, not pink. Orange? Yes. Well, my TV was all fucked up, so I'm just kidding. I just have a bad memory. <laughs> Eyewitnesses claim that wedged into the massive creature's relatively squat, dome like head were three luminous eyes. <laughs> they didn't have eyes. They were just jammed into its head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Smashed in. <laughs> just painted them on. Um, but right, it had two eyes that were white, sort of to the left and right, and then up above, somewhat centered, in a triangular fashion, if you will, uh, was a red eye. Uh, hmm. which swiveled around like a radar, goes the quote. Or like um, a Cylon. Sound like a robot to me. <laughs> they also claimed that the alien being had a disc-like object attached to its chest. So Iron Man? Got an arc reactor on there? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I was thinking phonograph. Um, <laughs> the being seemed to methodically scan the terrain below and then reseal the hatch. Like, well, nothing to see here. Yeah, <laughs> then it flew away. The end. Uh, the craft began to descend. Ooh. Eyewitnesses stated that the object's weight was so substantial that a poplar tree was left permanently bent to the side as the craft sort of kind of smushed it during landing. Hmm. The craft hovered about five feet off the ground as four leg-like supports extended out and then landed relatively softly on the grass. I kind of wished that when the being got out, it, like, it totally walked out and then helped whoever was inside park the thing. You're <laughs> yeah, good. it's like waving. You're like good. Come a little closer to this planet. Um, 
and if it got a ticket as well. The alien that was seen through the opening originally um, now came straight out of the ship, followed by two more of the same kind. They walked with a, quote, heavy gait and were followed by what witnesses described as a box-like robot, uh, apparently decked out with push buttons on its front side. An alien adjusted one of the controls on the robot's chest, which enabled it to walk about in a, quote, mechanical fashion. The entities then began to examine the ground near where the craft had landed and took some soil samples. All the while, just completely oblivious of all of the onlookers. <laughs> exactly. They busted out some what looked like drinks and uh, <laughs> proceeded to throw a disc-like object between each other. Um, that they removed from their chest. Yeah, they took the disc off of their chest. <laughs> they started to spike it down into a can-like contraption. Um, so one of the creatures apparently makes a series of sounds, which some eyewitnesses interpreted as some kind of like order. Immediately after this, execute order sixty-six. A beam of light emerges from the first alien's chest, and displayed a number of luminous triangles and rectangles, hmm. about a foot tall by half a foot a half a foot wide, as if signaling something to its pals. Possibly a series of cheat codes for Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> uh, for whatever reason, these light shapes were too much for one young man, who apparently only now found the courage to cry out in terror. Everything leading up to this was fine, but everyone's, god damn, these everyone's geometric shapes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen chapeys like this before. <laughs> I don't even know what to call them. So at the sound of this boy's scream, the lead alien apparently fixed its gaze on him, just looked over, and he froze in place. Like, perfect. Oh. Stuck in time. You had some joke in mind, I think. No, just okay. responding to your miming things on a podcast. <laughs> Again. it's. I always choose to mime silent moments. <laughs> it's not helpful. Uh, everyone at home, just imagine someone standing stock still. There you go. That's exciting. It's so good. <laughs> um, so this causes further panic that the crowd has now been containing pretty well. And as the crowd gets heated, zooted and booted, the aliens, Hot and heavy. UFO and everything just straight disappear. Hmm. They just vanish from sight. And here are some witness illustrations. Notice the consistencies among them. All righty. To give you an idea of what we're talking about. Oh, wow. Not quite what I was picturing. I like it, but it's goofy as fuck. What do you see? I see so a couple different pictures showing the craft itself, which is big. And I guess for some reason I was picturing it oriented the wrong way. Yeah, it's long. Um, it's kind of yeah rounded sort off. Of egg like. Yeah. In some illustrations. You got the beings who have pretty long arms. It looks like very short heads. Like you said, no neck. They sort of look shoulders. like HVAC tubing a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but like with arms and legs. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, those look like they have like, kind of a belt thing going on. Mm -hmm. uh, someone else drew it looking like a building with arms and legs. <laughs> I think all... that might be the little robot that followed them. Oh, there we go. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, we'll put these pictures up too. Yeah, of course. And uh, But yeah, they all seem very consistent in their general shape and style. So about five minutes after they vanish, the UFO and its occupants instantaneously reappear, which is not a appropriate way of saying that. <laughs> Five minutes later, they reappeared instantaneously. I guess it makes sense. Yeah. Abruptly. Um, however, one of the creatures was now carrying what witnesses could only describe as a kind of tube that was about a foot in length. This tube, it then aimed at a 16-year-old boy who was nearby and shot a beam out 
causing the teen to vanish from sight. Whoa. Um, it sounds incredible, right? Based on the description, I would wager the bean was probably a highly condensed form of weed, video games, and internet porn, <laughs> causing him to vanish. <laughs> oh, we're talking about the late 80s, so it could also have been some kind of, you know, D&D spell thing that made him go to hell. A spell for hell? Yes. A hell spell. <laughs> Hell's spells. That's where the term originates. Um <laughs> The creatures then re-entered the UFO, so they just vanished this kid. So like, wait, 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 we forgot something. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're out of here. <laughs> they re-enter the UFO, it retracts its landing gear, and then slowly but steadily flies up and away. And just as it's leaving, you know, vanishing from sight, the teen miraculously reappears. Unfortunately, he reappears... 50 or so feet up in the air. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. He's merged with the poplar tree now. <laughs> so, literally the stuff of science fiction movies. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't long before the press got wind of all these events and uh, boosted the signal globally. Yeah. I'm just still reveling in the the logic behind their disappearing, reappearing briefly just to make the kid disappear. Then they leave and he reappears. It's madness. Yeah. I don't understand it at I mean, all. I guess we could talk more about what what may like yeah you know, keep going on we'll talk about what no, no, could no. happen go for it i was um, gonna say as far as if you're going to totally subscribe to the idea that this, this all definitely happened and think about okay what did the beings do what were they there for probably some kind of studies like soil samples happened so, right right and they disappeared briefly and reappeared so i mean you could argue that they went to some other plane or something and cloaked, in that case cloaked themselves in some way also possible but then if they did go to another plane then time might not matter anymore who knows so maybe they were like oh we want to get a sample from one of these animals here grab the kid real quick and then send him back after they're done oh i wonder I so but again this is all just if you're going to subscribe completely to the idea that yes this all definitely happened exactly as described then yeah you can pretty much go go all out exactly that's what um, i was gonna say because like it's, it's just indeed. so many assumptions at once yeah it's bonkers town basically and i mean that's the take-home message that i have for this story is if there weren't so many witnesses it would sound completely made Absolute up. Absolute batshit. Yeah, but you said exactly. 40 or so witnesses? Yes. That's so, such a large number of people to all corroborate. And exactly. you could argue, too, that if they're, something weird happened and they're all there together and talking about it, they could kind of inform each other's uh, um, thoughts of what's happening and prime each other. Exactly. I mean, that's to sort of cut to the chase, I suppose, where, where I land on it. Either something did happen. I mean, I'm pretty sure... Something weird definitely this. happened to them. <laughs> Maybe, though. I mean, perhaps some folks just made it up and people bought into it and went crazy a It little just bit. seems like it'd be hard to convince that number of people to say, hey, let's make a fun story exactly. for no reason. Exactly. Um, and such an insane story at that. And if it's in Russia, we're talking about this is a time when the Soviet Union is yep. dissolving. Yep. And exactly. there's a lot more pressing things to worry about than, hey, let's make up a fun story, guys. Right. It invites so much scrutiny, so much, you know, invasive attention, as it were. Yeah. Is it really worth pulling off this crazy hoax, if it's a hoax, right. to get all that going and to involve such a crazy amount of people from different walks of life so you've got like kids and then folks with all these different backgrounds which you'll hear shortly okay so scientists soviet government agencies and reporters pour into the town apparently folks have been seeing things not necessarily this craft exactly but strange lights things in the night sky between September 21st and October 2nd that same year, investigations at the scene 
indicated that there were indeed depressions in the ground, which took the shape of a large rhombus um, in Hmm. outline and must have been caused by something weighing several tons. But there were conflicting reports as to what actually caused them. Yeah. Everyone did agree that the uh, poplar tree was ruined. Oh, man, this poplar tree will never be as good as it used to be. (laughs) It is so irreparably bent. My favorite poplar tree. (laughs) Scientists also allegedly found anomalies in the local magnetic field and background radiation, but that's been completely disputed ever since. Yeah, it's... Um, Apparently, unearthly substances were also found at the scene, which at first glance looked like sandstone of a deep red color, Hmm. but spoiler, they were just hematite. Um, Ah, There you go. Among the highly reputable witnesses was Lieutenant Sergei A. Matveyev, who had not seen any aliens, but had seen the spaceship, quote, it was not an optical illusion. It was certainly a body flying in the sky, moving noiselessly at a very high speed and very low altitude. Anything is possible. Lieutenant Matveyev said he was a little skeptical himself when he first saw it. Quote, I thought I must be really tired, but I rubbed my eyes and it didn't go away. Then I figured, in this day and age, anything is possible. Hmm. A journalist E. Efremov of the Sovietskaya Kultura spoke of the veracity of the eyewitness accounts. Quote, Children and eyewitnesses of the abnormal phenomenon have been questioned by police workers and journalists. There are no discrepancies in the description of the sphere itself or the actions of the quote-unquote aliens. Moreover, all the children who became witnesses to this event are still afraid even now. Unquote. That I find interesting because it's, like children have a really hard time keeping... Any story of any just normal event <sighs> exactly straight true. to the fact that they were able to really latch on to a specific description. Right, right. And yeah, be so consistent. They In the illustrations that I showed you earlier, I believe were drawn by the kids. Okay. So some consistencies there. Um, and there's a New York Times article that covers the story from 1989. Quote, the TASS, which is the like a major news outlet um, in Russia, at least at the time, was... Uh, the task correspondent covering the case of the mysterious visitors to uh, Voronezh, uh, Vladimir V. Lebedev, uh, seemed insulted that anyone would treat the story with anything but the full seriousness that it was given by the agency. In a telephone interview, Mr. Lebedev described conversations with dozens of witnesses and with experts who had examined the evidence and spoken to the children. He said there were about three landings of the UFO between September 23rd and September 29th. Wow. And... And regarding the children's drawings, <laughs> or where the microphone is, their way uh, it's over here. Quote: uh, Though isolated from one another, he said the children all drew a banana-shaped object that left behind in the sky the the sign of the letter X. Such descriptions, Mr. Silanov said, were reported as typical of UFOs in a 1976 article in the now defunct American magazine Saga. So uh, wait, bananas in the sky making an X shape? Yep. Apparently, that's pretty typical. I it's odd that I've never heard this before, but okay. I know I I feel similarly. Bananas in the sky making an X shape sounds like a thrown away Beatles song. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me see here. Smoke on the water. <laughs> Bananas in the sky. <laughs> um, Mr. Silanov said that a rock. It's not the Beatles, I realize, but no, it's fine. It's fine. They were a beetle once. Uh, said that a <laughs> rock was that was reportedly found at the site and described as being not something found on Earth was actually a form of hematite. 
And he said, I could see holes of a clear shape that resembled the footprints of an elephant. Hmm. Kind of interesting. So we got one from trapezoidal and weighing several tons to elephant-shaped footprints. Well, I think the trapezoidal shape, the rhombus, was the layout of the indentation. Oh, sorry, rhombus, not, not, not trapezoid, rhombus. Rhombus and trapezoid, I think they can... No, trapezoid is specifically short one side, long the other. Correct. Yes. Rhombus is uh, equilateral. That's right, um, they kind of... Actually, not equal. They, they, they slant to the side. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's like a square that you shoved. Yeah. Um, I think a square is also a rhombus. I think it's it an is, equilateral it? quadrilateral. Exactly true. Which Thank you. a trapezoid cannot be. Mm. Anyway, geometry. Uh, hey. <laughs> Welcome to Super Superstitious, the <laughs> geometry podcast that gets off track a lot. We're going to explain some shapes to you. <laughs> and it'll scare some of you in the crowd, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But okay, so we have the rhombus-shaped impressions were probably what i guess was from the legs thing and the elephant footprints were well, i think separate. the individual indentations were elephant footprint like okay but then their ori their you know orientation in space is formed the shape okay. of rhombus exactly lots of debate in ufology circles <laughs> but outside of that kind of a not as well-known story mm-hmm. for myself it's a fun tale the part of my mind that wants tangible proof kind of just writes it off yeah. out of hand. It seems so far-fetched. but It's incredibly far-fetched. And but the part of me that's facing this poster that says, I want to believe. <laughs> <laughs> wants to believe. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's kind of, it's a story that feels like it could do no harm if it accepted as true. Right. At least elements of it. After all, who can really say for certain other than the people who were there? Yeah. It sounds like they were, everyone was interviewed pretty shortly after the incident, yes? Yes. Indeed. Okay. That's one thing I think is cool compared to Roswell. Um, that was a deal where a lot of it was classified for so long. that when people were finally interviewed, like decades later, oh, wow, uh, they yeah. all had very, very, you know, fantastic reports of, mm-hmm. of alien spacecraft and even a body and stuff. And, you know, memory is so fallible. Actually, something that will sort right. of come into play in my story. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, memory is not something you can rely on that long after the fact. We're reaching a point now in the justice system where eyewitness accounts may no longer be admissible in court. Oh, that makes sense. Because we're starting to realize, that, hey, people may people remember things be and be absolutely convinced they're telling the truth. Right. And they're completely off. Right. To that end, it's very convincing that there would be that many people of so many ages and so many backgrounds all reporting the same thing. So Yeah, so immediately after the fact and so unmotivated to make it up in the first place. Right. Like like we said already, if it, if it were a hoax, and this was sort of my note to myself as well, my God, why, why take that tack? Yeah. Why go to such lengths? And how would you get that many people to sign on to it and go, hey, you know, we're probably going to get international scrutiny. And if anyone fucks up one detail of this story, you know, it'll sink the whole ship. Mm -hmm. Well, you sure your kids are up to it? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Hey, uh, mom and dad want to tell a huge lie to the world. Do you want to join in? (laughs) Um, And then going back again to the Roswell incident, uh, that was a deal where it was such such a big deal was made of it for so long mm -hmm. that when it came time for people to actually testify about it, there was plenty of fame to be had in doing so. So there's a lot more of an actual reason for saying stuff. Oh, that's a really good point. Even, like, I mean, not that I actually necessarily think those people were making stuff up outright, but I think to know when it's time, when you're finally able to declassify this stuff, you know what people are expecting, you know what kind of pressure's on you, and where the narrative has been heading all these decades, Mm. your mind's going to take you in that direction anyway. But yeah, with these people, they don't have any of that going on for them. Right. 
so yeah, it's a very, very strange story. I do have some clips of people giving their interviews uh, that were featured on a Discovery Channel special handling this exact phenomenon, which I would like to play for us now. Sure. Are they um, in English for some reason? Well, this is the best part for me. Okay. Which is that each witness is given his or her own age and gender appropriate voice translation dialogue. Okay. <laughs> so I appreciate the concept, but in execution... I was standing not far from the main road of the South Park, and I saw this flying object at an approximate height uh, 200 of 250 meters. It stayed at the same height. Oh, it did not move horizontally. I was very interested by all that. This guy's accent doesn't sound real. It could not be any kind of meteorological balloon. <laughs> that was someone just looking at a picture of the guy and saying, Oh, let's make him sound as <laughs> much up. like Boris Badenov as possible. <laughs> like it was boring a hole in the ground. The creatures started coming out. They did not look too much like humans. They were much taller than humans. They, did have they are not men. They, they are not men, exactly. So you get the idea. Yes. <laughs> cool stories, weird choice of voice acting. Very funny to me. Um, just borderline absolutely insulting. So yeah, I mean, kind of a funky, interesting E.T. tale. Uh, as with so many of them, for me, there's the thrill of it being so outlandish, but also the dissatisfaction of being able to, at least for myself, appropriately critique it or mm -hmm. in any way test what happened there. You know, it's just sort of these one-off accounts that are so sensational and incredible, but that's that. Yeah, I so. think that's why we have kind of not touched these as often as we have right, more of yeah. the kind of creature stories, cryptozoology stories, but they're still a lot of fun to look at. Right, right. And like, you know, if there were fewer elements or reduced elements in some way, like say they only saw a red orb like way up in the sky, mm -hmm. hmm, maybe a satellite, hmm, maybe some kind of anything there, but it's so close. It's so interactive. Yeah. Yeah. It's just nuts. Hard to say. Indeed. So that's the uh, Veronese aliens. Very cool. So there. Alrighty. So my story comes to us from New Fork, the National UFO Reporting Center, Ooh. <laughs> whose website, and I can't stress this enough, is a nightmare. Mm. Uh, I'll be linking directly to the story itself. So don't worry, mm -hmm. dear listeners. It'll be easier to get to if you want to see it for New yourself. Fork. I chose this story because it was fairly recent, mm -hmm. pretty detailed, and specific in certain ways that make it harder to immediately dismiss mm -hmm. with our go-to explanation for this particular sort of thing. You'll see what I mean. Alrighty. Alrighty, so let me begin. I was laying down in the truck at a pilot truck stop about nine miles south of Ashtab uh, Ashtabula, Ohio. <laughs> Ashtabula? Ashtabula. <laughs> I don't know the name of this town in Ohio. Mm. On uh, March 10th, 2018 at 11 p.m. I always cover my windows to keep all the lights out and lock all the doors. Naturally. I had backed in, so the front of my truck was facing the storefront. Mm -hmm. Typically, I'm out by 11.30 p.m., but I kept getting a ringing sound in my right ear when having trouble with my knee. Previous injury unrelated. The last thing I remember is starting the truck around 12.30 a.m. to let the heat run. Then it seemed almost instantly I'm floating onto a table. The table felt high up, maybe five to six feet. I couldn't move anything. My head was turned to my right shoulder. It felt locked there. 
I was overwhelmed with fear and could feel myself attempting to cry out for help. They were just stuck in a Denny's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's interesting he's saying there's a ringing sound in his right ear and then he's stuck with his head turning to the right side. Yeah, true. Can't. Two very small three and a half to four foot gray skinned creatures were to my right that I could see. Everyone describes gray aliens different than these guys looked. Their entire body was stubby. Their heads were almost too short for their eyes, which were, were very large like others describe. Uh, it was more the shape of their face that looked different than the typical photos you see. Hmm. Where the photos typically showed them with an elongated face, these two looked like it was almost smushed down and like they were squinting with wrinkles between the eyes. Hmm. I couldn't speak or cry out, but I started to realize what was going on. So I thought in my head, that's the best way I can describe it, for them to please help me relax. I understood what was going on, but I could not calm down. Hmm. Once I thought that, I could move my arms. So I reached out towards one with my right arm, and it held my hand. I did the same thing with my left arm, and although I couldn't see it, something grabbed my left hand. Their hand was very soft, warm, but cold, and felt kind of like a toddler's hand feels. Smushy. I feel like there's a lot of imagery to unpack there, but it's fine. That's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's clearly trying to articulate some kind of sensory experience. Yes. Was it a he or she? I forgot. We don't know. We don't know. I'm okay. assuming it's a he based on... Uh, actually, no. I know it's a he because, yeah, we'll get there. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so like there's an actual very, very telltale <laughs> thing later on that is, it's a he. They slapped me in the penis. <laughs> well, let's just wait till we get there. Oh, boy. <laughs> Once I was holding with both my hands, I could not stop smiling. I was completely relaxed and all I could feel was happiness. Hmm. The one holding my hand on the right, I believe, is the one who was talking to me. It asked if I was sure that I wanted to remember this time. I told it I was not sure, but I was unsure of why it said this time. Oh, there's your salient detail right there, huh? Mm -hmm. It was then that I realized that I've been visited several times. I believe the first time was when I was five. I recall a small devil-like creature coming through the wall to my room. I had a bunk bed with no bottom bed, and it just floated straight up to my face. I immediately screamed. My dad came running in and found me in the far corner by my closet door. By my closet door. <laughs> uh, being a kid, I told him the devil came for me. Now that I'm older, I realize it wasn't a devil. It was one of these creatures. The next instance wasn't until I was 9 to 10 years old. Mm -hmm. As I was going upstairs to bed, I stopped at the landing. Outside of the window, there was a saucer-shaped disc, silver in color, almost gray, with a large orange dome on top of it. Whoa. I thought that I had immediately gone downstairs to get my dad. When I went to get him to tell him what happened, he asked what I was doing still up. Apparently, I had been upstairs for almost an hour, although I thought it was only a matter of seconds. Hmm very consistent lost time kind mm. of aspect after telling my dad what had happened he grabbed our old vcr camcorder went upstairs with me and videotaped this craft which was still hovering outside the window what after about 10 to 15 seconds it shut off and was gone my dad went downstairs and called airborne express which is a local dhl type company that was in business at the time he reported the incident to them as well as wright patterson air force base so i think it was like a, a nearby um DHL is a delivery service, right? Like That's those what the I yellow was vans. Yeah. yeah, I think so. There, I think they do air freight from where he's talking about, and so he wanted to know uh, if they had any idea of stuff. Of course, flying. some some kind of craft he wouldn't be familiar with. Yeah, um, are you trying to do door to door with the <laughs> <laughs> drones that haven't been invented yet? Yeah, exactly. He said he did say his dad recorded a little bit of it, eh? Yes, we'll get uh, to that. I guess. Yeah. So no one reported seeing it. They said that nothing was showing up on radar around that time, and that it was probably a coincidence. However, the next morning when they when we woke up, nothing was on the tape whatsoever. Mm, on top mm. of that, we had a large pine tree outside of that window. It was laying on the ground completely black on one side, like it immediately burnt partially and then died. Ooh. There was no other scarring to the ground or anything like that. Mm. Enough of that. Back to the present. 
So I'm lying on the table and I can <laughs> feel other hands around me on my legs, my arms, my ear. And then I feel a hard pressure around my genitals. Oh boy. Like a pump, but with pain, like a heat slash pain. Ooh. A penis pump? I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. completely distracted while all this is going on, though, because the creature to my left is now alone. It's just me and him, as far as I can tell from my view. He's telling me all kinds of things about meeting me in the past, but I can't recall what he was saying. What? I do recall him saying that I would forget things if I wasn't ready, but unfortunately he had no control over whether or not I would remember. Uh, he could only allow me to remember what I wanted to remember. But the time that I really calmed down and stopped feeling like I was going to have a heart attack, everyone was gone. I woke up in the truck laying on my back on top of my blankets. The truck was still running, but every light on the dash was lit up and alarms were going off on it, so I shut it off thinking it was overheating. I turned uh-huh. it back on a couple seconds later and everything was fine. The whole ordeal did not come to me until after I realized the truck was okay. Okay, so... Wow. All right. I immediately started freaking out and then I heard the same voice again telling me everything was okay. Remember what I could. He would see me soon. I feel like possibly over the years I've developed a friendship with this creature, but I'm not <laughs> sure of that. Honestly, I'm not really sure if I even believe myself. However... I can tell you that those uh, other two instances definitely did occur when I was younger, and I always wanted to know why they happened. On this most recent event, I remember him holding up a Magic the Gathering card that I would <laughs> lost years past. <laughs> he had a strange smirk on his face. <laughs> <laughs> I've always had an interest in aliens, but nothing more than any other young boy does. I've never fantasized about being abducted. I've honestly been freaked out about the thought of it, so I don't think that my mind is playing tricks on me or that I had a dream. Uh, as a note, every word in that phrase is for some reason capitalized as though my mind is playing tricks on me is the title of something. <laughs> but um, just, just He's trying fun. to like give himself a note. <laughs> yes. My mind is playing tricks on me. <laughs> Another good note to add is that I do not think that these creatures had a gender. The only reason why I say that is the voice in my head that was talking to me did not appear to be male or female. Hmm. I did wake up with a slight nosebleed in my right nostril. I had a headache and continued to have a headache all day. Mm. I had very irregular bowel movements and an uncomfortable feeling inside my penis, almost like pressure internally. I do not drink alcohol. I do not not do drugs. Mm -hmm. And to the best of my knowledge, I have no mental illness from either side of my family. Uh, Never been a sleepwalker. and I don't tend to have very many nightmares. I wish I could remember more of what happened. Although I would definitely be terrified if this occurs again, I hope that I can be more open to it when it does. Mm -hmm. I know that I'll be back because I recall the creature saying it would see me again soon. Mm-hmm. The beginning of the encounter was very intrusive and it felt embarrassing, but they seemed to just do what they needed to do and then they comforted me. I will say that I agree with others about this whole pure love feeling. <laughs> I definitely felt as though it was possibly genuinely ca- that it possibly genuinely cared about me. I'm not entirely sure that it did, but it was a very comforting feeling. Huh. One other thing I do recall is it asking me if I remembered them fixing me when I ruined my ability to reproduce. I didn't answer then that I'm aware of, but I think I know what it was talking about. When I was on deployment to Iraq, we would restart the radar standing in front of them. We were warned that if we did that, we could become sterile. So hmm. I used to do it every day, joking that I did not need to have any more kids, as I already had three at the time. Hmm. I did wake up several nights with nosebleeds in Iraq, but in my opinion, I believe at least most of them were due to the desert air. I hope my story has helped in some way, shape, or form, and I would love if someone could give me any information to help me understand what happened. Mm-hmm. If I have another encounter, I will post it. These are not all the details of this event, and I'm not very good at writing out things. I only wanted to write out what I was sure of. Hmm. So, what happened? Indeed. I mentioned up top that this particular encounter uh, doesn't seem so quite easily dismissed by our usual go-to explanation for this phenomenon. Yeah, sure. I was, of course, referring to 
sleep paralysis, of course. Oh, naturally. Uh, that's the kind of thing we've we've talked about in the past. It's a good explanation for possessions, the mm-hmm. explanation for mm-hmm. yeah, the idea of a succubus or incubus, the idea of abductions often, too, like coming from in the bedroom, that right. happening. Uh, right. Lots of different stories of haunting-type occurrences happening when someone's in bed, they can't move, something approaches them on the bed or is on top of them, they feel a weight on them, of the thing sitting on them, things like that. Uh, sleep paralysis supposedly is usually accompanied by extreme emotional states, typically indeed. fear or panic. Fear, indeed. And the story, so it definitely has elements of that kind of stuff, but the right. relative calm the witness ultimately experienced is different. Yeah, I was going to say, it yeah, seems so, the, so atypical for UFO abduction type tales. Yeah, so the witness did start out with both fear and panic, but very lucidly and almost immediately gave way to complete calm, which is interesting. Right. By fit, not only did he get to calm down, but he actually, like, in the experience, like, kind of asked to be calmed down, and then yeah. it happened. Right. Which is really unique to this compared to a typical kind of sleep paralysis experience. Right. The witness also references other witnesses describing a similar feeling of pure love from their abductors. Hmm. I know a number of other accounts of ET abductions include this particular detail for that, that exact That's you know, interesting. Reference. I've never actually heard that before. I've seen some. I didn't bother to hunt down a bunch of these in particular to compare since they sure. all basically just describe it the same way. I.e. Yeah. they you know feel calmed down. They feel the sense of just like love and caring from the beings who are around them right right so it's like you get either the total panic accounts or the oh no everything's okay like i just feel very <laughs> happy and calm kind mm-hmm. of accounts and so mm-hmm. it's that's kind of interesting but yeah i definitely have heard more of those before he refers to having seen others as well when sure. he's looking up stuff about his own experience right so it wouldn't be unfair to characterize this as another extreme of emotional states yeah as far as to still that's fit, true. fit within the kind of purview of sleep paralysis mm-hmm. and thus that's what it could be mm-hmm. but there's another phenomenon involved that i'd like to focus on instead and that is the unlocking of memories within the abduction event mm-hmm. that was the main thing he was talking about how he was able to remember things based on if he was ready to or not and then afterward he was like wait this stuff stuff that i remember that i didn't remember before mm-hmm. and then connecting it to previous memories as well mm-hmm. uh, i'll refer now to a quora article by neuroscientist and data scientist paul king mm-hmm. quote Episodic recall, the recall of past events, is closer to a reconstruction of the past than it is retrieval from some kind of memory store. The process of reconstructing and replaying a past experience is not reliable, and many record-keeping errors can be made along the way. This is all because the memory is not retrieved from a storage system in the way a file is read off a hard disk. Instead, memory is reconstructed using an associative neural network process that is not yet understood. Dreams, which are also not understood or even studied much in neuroscience, have an experiential component as well and lead to the formation of memories in the brain's neural networks. Sure, sure. Memories are just kind of ways that we contextualize stuff that's happened to us. And we also can remember dreams, too. Absolutely. Even though they're not things that have actually happened to us. It's just a different, the, yeah, the yeah, it's a different type of reality we're experiencing and then remembering. Right. Absolutely. In fact, one of the proposed models of sleep is that sleep supports a memory consolidation process in which memories from the day are reorganized into a more efficient form and transferred from one brain region, the hippocampus, to another, hmm. the cerebral cortex. Mm-hmm. There's evidence that this process correlates with dreaming. Hmm. In extreme cases, such as delusional episodes, imagined experiences occurring during the awake state are remembered as actual events. Mm. So something you imagine 
you then remember as having been true. Right. It seems like it was an actual experience. Yeah. And said, even without delusions, everyone has probably had the experience of remembering something that was actually imagined. Like thinking you said something when you only thought it or recalling that someone had been at an event who wasn't there. Right, right. These micro errors often pass by without notice and are quickly forgotten. Sure. Given that episodic memories are highly malleable and subject to interference and that dreams create episodic memories, it is not surprising that awake and dream memories might get confused sometimes or that record-keeping details like whether an event occurred during sleep or not could get misattributed. Hmm. So based on all that, it's possible that the witness unlocking memories in his dream was in part just another detail of the dream itself right right like he in the dream experienced himself unlocking memories and then remembered that happening when it was maybe just him dreaming that happening yeah absolutely Um, that's one of my least favorite things happening is when you have a dream that seems like something you're actually doing in real life (laughs) and then it turns out not to be real specifically (laughs) i've had dreams where Mm -hmm. my alarm goes off in the morning I fall back asleep and dream that I'm getting up and getting ready for work. Ooh. Which is awful. It's so awful. (laughs) I'm like, oh, God damn it. I'm still in bed. I got to do it all over again. (laughs) Um, And I got a raise at work today. (laughs) In my dream, that is. But yeah, no, that's that's true. So it is totally possible that some of what he was... It seems most likely, anyway, to just kind of sum it all up oh he had an interesting dream sure maybe it was sleep paralysis maybe it wasn't maybe it was just 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 a dream as simple as that that does not explain his childhood experiences however no sure so he had these other experiences of seeing a thing in his bedroom when he was little which again could have been a scary dream when he was little but it sounds like he's you know he said that he screamed out to his dad and then was hiding right. in the corner if you have a bad dream it's not usually enough to get you to jump out of bed and hide somewhere else in your room especially if you're on the top bunk but if you're be, go on, no, go ahead. I was gonna say if you are suffering some kind of uh, delusion, even a minor sort of delusional state from childhood on, it could be enough to drive you to that point and to sort of encode things that didn't actually physically happen to you during your day into your dreams. Yeah, to further perpetuate that kind of cycle, and it seems like the kind of thing that once the seed is planted it would grow into more and more of a refined and supported narrative arc for you, sort of like self-fulfilling. Yeah, you so know. You, if I'm understanding you correctly, you're saying that you could uh, see something in a dream or see some, imagine something, respond to it so strongly emotionally yes. that you end up processing it as a memory of an actual right. occurrence. And once you have that memory, it could be strong enough to validate further... You know, things that you might just dismiss as a bad dream. Later on, oh, this is like the other thing that happened to Yeah, me. like I had this experience. But I mean, it is strange that he his dad would run up and see this thing. So that's a big, Yeah, whoa. so his dad ran up and saw him scared that first time. And then the second right. thing, his dad ran up and saw something that's hovering outside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So in both aspect. cases, he also has a kind of witness to at least some aspect of what happened. That's very interesting indeed. Like the tree falling over, that's weird, being all right. scorched. I mean, that could be a lightning strike. Right. But still... I I can say for myself, I have (laughs) a memory of a very bad dream I had when I was a kid. I was going to hope you would bring this up again because you mentioned this in a previous episode. I don't remember which one. Maybe I did already. I'd like you to tell it again because it's very relevant here. It's it's funny because as you were telling me the story, I was like thinking about that myself of when I was maybe somewhere between eight and probably ten, you know, maybe seven in that range. Seven and a half. Seven and a half. Yeah. I do. I have a very vivid memory of waking up in the middle of the night. So I thought, 
and seeing bright light pouring in through my windows. This is a, in a different house than the house my folks are in now, which is where that other fun ghost ghostly story yes. comes from. So this is a previous residence. Um, but anyway, waking up in the middle of the night and seeing this light, and then when I peered out the windows, I could see the classic gray alien of all things. Mm-hmm. A slew of them all kind of like gently tapping at the window Ugh. and sort of staring in at me. And it scared me so badly that I ran down the hall to try to wake my parents up. And there's just bright light pouring in throughout the throughout the house and trying to shake them awake. They wouldn't wake up. And I could see them, these little aliens outside the window there too, oh, looking in. And I was just like, you know, terrified out of my Absolutely. mind. And then I remember just waking up in my room and being like, what a frightening dream. And just going back to sleep. But it was so vivid and so intense that like it stayed with me since i have no memory of other you know like there's no other dreams that have stuck with me that long just imagine then too if your dream went from instead of you getting to your parents room seeing that and then waking up then instead you ran back to your room and like hid under your covers or something and then woke up there like so if if within your dream it brought you to a point where you ended up where you left off so that when you woke up that would be very strange was that a dream absolutely even even as it was it's enough to make me go like for sure that's a weird dream yeah Um, so you could have some kind of experience that it could just be a dream right but that if in the context of what you're seeing in in within the dream if it leads to such an open-ended question it's like well wait what just was that real or was it not seriously i mean Doctors do say I have a strange piece of metal embedded in the base of my skull behind my head. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't always used to be there. (laughs) They don't know what its purpose is, but (laughs) it seems to not be causing me harm. No, of course I'm kidding. Um, But yeah, exactly. That would be very creepy. The radiation levels are below... uh, (laughs) Yeah, lethal. uh, Whatever. (laughs) Yeah, that's really interesting. What a a weird story. That's really cool. Yeah. That's something that just popped up in the the recent past, and so I thought I'd bring it up now. It is nice that it's like the different... I feel, again, for for myself at least, this is the first time I've ever heard the uh, sort of free love version, the the positive alien abduction. And it's kind of funny because you could imagine there's multiple groups of aliens out there who are abducting people and some of them are really mean and some of them are really nice why not right yeah yeah i really liked so i don't know if you ever watched um the movie stargate oh yes and that became a a tv series afterwards it lasted for like 10 11 seasons that's right that's right richard dean anderson and stuff and it was um i've never seen the series really but i yeah i actually saw the series before i saw the movie oh nice strangely enough and i I mean i enjoyed both very much the series started out a little bit hokey, but sure. it very quickly like kind of found its footing and became its own thing. And one thing they did really well was they took a lot of different kind of ancient mythologies and incorporated them into the narrative of the show. So the mm-hmm. movie, to begin with, made it that you know Ra and the Egyptian gods were actually these aliens who enslaved people. <laughs> um, and created the whole you know Egyptian mythology from that. Yeah, that goes on to be like there's this whole race of these particular alien um, overlords who are false gods who enslave people and stuff. But then we find mm. out, oh hey, then also there's this other group called the Asgard, and they are like your typical al- like gray aliens. Hemorrhoid cream. <laughs> They're your typical gray aliens, but they protect these different worlds, including mm. Earth, and uh, they 
appear to humans as the Norse gods. Hey, how and about that? they all are. So they're the Asgard. They, you got Thor. You have Odin and stuff. Right, right. But then there is one particular member of that race huh. who just like he's breaking the rules, but he keeps coming to Earth and fucking with people, like abducting them and doing experiments. Oh, and it's Loki. Of course, of course. And so it's just kind of fun how they tied it all together. Like, oh, yeah. this one trickster god, like, or the you know this one just rogue uh alien group of, yeah he's he's the one causing all the trouble huh so yeah just kind of ties into the idea of i do like could that. be that there's if like you and i both don't necessarily think that there are races of other um you know intelligent beings visiting earth all the time because no, it seems like we'd have to be able to see them one of our methods of detection would pick up something if Which, they're trying if they're trying not to, yeah if they're <laughs> trying not video to be releases seen, <laughs> yeah if they're trying not to be seen and like they have advanced technology to cloak themselves and stuff, it seems like, you know, it wouldn't be 100% foolproof if we'd see them. But maybe they're so far advanced that they knew before they even arrived what our technologies were and how they could see us or how we could right. see them. Right. And they avoided that. If you accept that as being true, then it's possible that they may have multiple motives for visiting and doing different things. And some certainly, of them might certainly. be more positive experiences and some less so. Right, absolutely. I thought it's interesting that in his dream he experienced. Um, what I'm hoping is he said he if he has subsequent encounters he will follow up and if he I'm, I'll check again to see at their database if he did or not. Like I said, the website is a mess, so <laughs> it will be hard to tell mm-hmm. if subsequent reports since then. That was in March. There's a bunch of reports since then. Mm-hmm. See if any of them are from him again. Sure. Um, if so, I definitely will bring that up on the show. Cool. And I'd like to see like. I, I kind of wish it, there's some way to reach out to him. Just like ask, I wish this was on Reddit or something. You could just post a comment. Because mm-hmm. um, I'd be curious if he has been to the doctor since to see, you know, oh, did, yeah. before and after to see, okay, has his sperm count changed? <laughs> as far as he was talking about radar possibly making him sterile <laughs> in Iraq. And then in his dream, I'm saying, oh, we, you know, we fixed your inability to reproduce. I hope you don't mind. It's we a, took uh, care of that for <laughs> you. <laughs> it's a tricky um, detail to... Uh you know, validate without kind of divulging very personal medical history information, yeah. I suppose. But either way, it'd be interesting to hear what he has yeah. to say next if anything happens. If more if more develops from this, it could be a very, very fun story. Yeah, sure. On its own, it's still a pretty interesting one. So Yeah. Yeah, I just thought it was a cool variation on the abduction story. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's what I got for you this week. I can dig it. Well, as they say, the truth may be out there, mm-hmm. but... We don't have the answers today. Not yet. Um, though with the, you know, as we mentioned in our episodes 13 and 14, those the releases of those videos. Yeah, those declassified videos. Very, very like interesting. Different uh, UFOs that are known to the government and exactly. stuff. Exactly. Cool, um, cool clips. And, um, you know, we'll just see what happens next, if anything. Yeah. But in the meantime, we'll bring you something else next week. For sure. Thanks for listening this week. Thank you very much. And uh, we'll catch you, catch you then. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye.